Well, welcome back, everyone, to Everybody Knows Everything with Mandy and Michelle. <laughs> we were just talking about how much fun, what a joy it was to have Titiana last week on our show, on our podcast. It still seems funny to it say that. It does seem funny. <laughs> but it's real. It's happening. Um, and how much we just are inspired by her energy and that she really is someone who you fall in love with, mm -hmm. um, her energy. And so thinking about how inspirational she is in person, we're looking ahead in the future. You know, this podcast, this little virtual gathering space is sort of a seed for something. We hope maybe, um, whether that's more engagement online, just reaching you like this is so wonderful. But engagement online through our Facebook posts and our um, that kind of interactivity. What we're also looking at in the upcoming months, the potential of having some in-person opportunities mm -hmm. for people um, in the Louisville area. So Titiana was very open to that possibility of getting together and sharing her books, maybe reading some of her pieces live. So we're looking ahead at that. So stay tuned and do follow us um, on our Facebook page to get those updates about exciting things coming up. <laughs> At least. Yes, and she did mention um, that she wanted it to be family-friendly so yes. that there would be children there because her books are for young children. Absolutely. So um, just keep that in mind, too, that um, we're, of course, wanting conversation with parents, but also to have some family-inclusive events that's wonderful. Um, so that we can do both things because both things are important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's so, what we're all looking for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we all need. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the online engagement, you know, we had talked about this sort of march through um, mm -hmm. Black History Month. And especially as, you know, Michelle and I being white women and um, educators, mothers, grandmother looking at um, how to open that space for young children um, who are white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, one of the calls to action was something Michelle found from the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we move through this month, there are so much, there's so much that can be touched on. And of course, um, I want Michelle to have the space to elucidate and articulate what feels so true to me, which is, and but that I, I am learning to articulate, and I'm sure um, that there's someone else <laughs> listening out there who maybe relates um, to wanting to talk and speak differently about um, history and to shift how we're talking about what's happening now and to be sure that our intention and what's what we're wrestling with is an open invitation to our children to join up with us in our growing awareness and education um, of Black-led movements, of what's happening now, and Black Lives Matter being, of course, one for our times. Mm -hmm. um, so would you share about what they were asking for folks to yes. join in? Yeah. Um so uh, on our Facebook page, you can find what it is that I'm 
speaking about. Um, it was posted today. This is February 5th. So that post was today. Um, and there's a wonderful resource um, that's included in the post of a woman who is African-American and she is a leader in the realm of early childhood and how early childhood spaces are responding to the issues around racism and white supremacy. And from her standpoint, she's focused on how we are working specifically with African-American children. Okay. So um, her voice is centered around that as, and a few other things, but her call this week from her voice, which is a powerful one in the early childhood world, um, so she's using that platform in a way that is new for the National Association for Education of Young Children. Mm. So historically, that body of um, that institution, that body of work, um, because it includes a lot of publications, lots of publications, sort of the... Um, you know, library of the early childhood world since the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, historically very, just like everything else, very white, <laughs> lots of white women mm. running the show. And then along comes multiculturalism, <laughs> which, you know, got us all cooking from other countries. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, you know, interesting movement. Sure. All, again, white women running the early childhood show. And then in the last uh, 10, 15 years, even more so in the last five, mm -hmm. so very new, is the idea that um, there are African-American men and women who, are, who have expertise in the realm of early childhood who've studied it, who've written about it, who have scholarly works around it. So that's something really important that's different in the world of early childhood. And mm -hmm. since we're talking to parents of young children and early childhood care teachers, um, it, it, you know, we're directing a lot of our conversation around that space. Yes. I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Thank you. So that's a big shift in this world and for her to take her platform and say to us we need to get on board with what is happening this week February 4th through the 8th um, with Black Lives Matter so Black Lives Matter at school is mm -hmm. part of Black Lives Matter the organization national group and um, they have created a curriculum with lots of resources for people to use. Lots of activities are going on in schools all week long around the country. Tons of wonderful stuff going on, right? Just tons and tons of it. So yay. What she's saying, though, is yes, it's wonderful you're doing that in elementary, middle, and high schools. However, I'm calling upon the early childhoods, communities, and spaces, and schools to get on board get on this bus. So that's a real shift in our early childhood realm. It's 
big. And I thought it was really important to share it with the folks that listen to our conversation. Because Black Lives Matter, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, there are varied responses to it. We know, of course, there's negative ones. And, you know, I'm not really, I'm not thinking those people are listening in right now. <laughs> sure. So, so, but for those people who really want to shift forward that we are tr speaking to right now and with, um, I think understanding Black Lives Matter and what its um, platform is, what its demands are, a lot of their work revolves around what's happening in our schools. Mm. And I think that that's a piece that isn't really talked about very much. No. You know, it's not as publicized. But this Black Lives Matter at School week has really taken off. And it's very exciting to see that happening and important that we follow it. And now as early childhood folks step up to the plate too and say, okay, you know, it's this week. What is there some one thing I could do? And maybe that one thing is just to read their platform and try to understand it and then figure out, okay, where, where do I fit into this? Sure. What's there for me? Um, so I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that because it's such a shift in our world, mm -hmm. in the world that we're talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and what you're talking about, just, just the level of familiarizing mm -hmm. ourselves yeah. with that platform and what this mm -hmm. movement really does stand for in schools and out of ties in with so much of, you know, when we think about Black History Month. Right. What do we actually know? Yeah. <laughs> and right. that's so whether anyone listening has questions or not or feels mm -hmm. resistant to hearing about Black Lives Matter or not, I think for me what that brings up is mm -hmm. what do we know? What do I know? Mm -hmm. What can we learn about? Um, and when we read the platforms, yeah. what's actually right. being asked and yes. or demanded, yes. you know, because of the yes. urgency of things and, and what is going on in schools like you said and if you go back to i think we posted this week too um the portrait of carter woodson yes. who wrote you know um about the miseducation of mm. that's not the title of the book but the miseducation of black children and you know and his longing for something more and that evolving into this week yes. uh, and that evolved into this month mm -hmm. right and how do we look at what he told us and how beautifully that's woven into at least my understanding of black lives matters platform that this miseducation mm -hmm. is such an important piece and i think we sort of touched on it very briefly with Titiana when we said, you know, she said, I never saw anybody who looked like me in my books. Yes. And we said, yeah, and neither did any white children. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that matters. Um, now, that's not to say that we're at all implying that white children 
were miseducated. <laughs> right? They were. They were by other standards, by Black Lives Matter standards, by other standards. The fact that their education allowed for the perpetuation of white supremacy, what it actually is a miseducation, but it's not, um, we're not talking about the same thing. I just want to make sure we're always clear about that. Um, there's great privilege in that miseducation. To call it a miseducation is a privilege, right? So, yes. so no, I think when we that. touched on that, and you look at Carter, if you really look deeply into his life and work, I think it's really nice for young children who know about Black History Month somehow to see his picture. Oh, sure. You know, to say, this is Carter Woodson. This is why we have Black History Month. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have to really go into all of his, you know, uh, insights uh, because they're not appropriate for young children. But it is appropriate, again, you know, if you have a picture of George Washington, why would you not have one of him? There you go. Right? I <laughs> exactly. mean, it, 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 these are figures in our history. So something mm -hmm. that um, is interesting to me to think about is black history is American history. It is American history, and it really should not be taught separately. Or All of that's true. Um, but something that I think we both wanted to talk about around that is, and we posted about Molly the firefighter. Yes. So um, how is Molly the firefighter? connected to the miseducation, <laughs> right? How do I connect oh, sure. Molly the firefighter with Carter Woodson? So what I want us to think about, myself included, I think about it a lot, is, you know, how much of my own relationship to understanding black history being American history involves black history equaling the history of racism? Mm. You know, and... You know, that's a jumping off point for me to think about when I think about, so I go from there, the next place I land is, okay, so if it's not really appropriate to talk about, you know, extremely um, complicated, layered things like Carter Woodson's book, <laughs> right. right, with young children, what is appropriate? Like, who should we be talking about? Yes, have his picture, but then who? What books would we read, and who would we talk about? And I think if we if we go back to our original desire, which is to right out of the gate have young children build boxes that are different than the ones we built, yes. where we don't have to take those boxes out, and I mean we'll always be working with it, but we could work with it less. Right. You know, we can correct, self-correct. We can learn to self-correct especially if in the beginning, you know, that we heard right out of the gate that the first female firefighter was an African-American woman named Molly, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And yes, she was a former, she was a person who had been enslaved. And yes, there's all of that. That's not the business of early childhood. Yes, that's all true. But for young children, I think, really helpful for young white children especially to have those stories of African Americans and African American history be about inventors and scientists 
and um, mathematicians, you know, yes. people who um, did things in their everyday lives that were not in the context of fighting for their rights. They were, I, no doubt they were. Absolutely. Right? You look at the film Hidden Figures in which they changed the story from the book mm. to have the white guy be the hero. Mm. But there is a, a book for young children about that, about those women. And it doesn't talk about any white man coming in and saving them. It talks about them as brilliant scientists and mathematicians. Wow. Right? So, so I think if we're asking what do we do with young children, I think those images and early introductions to people, not as victims of racism out of the gate, yes. but as people who accomplished great things. Absolutely. And then as you get older, you start to understand the complexities of that. Mm. And you start to understand why your mom and your dad's generation were not educated about that. Yes, absolutely. And it, it makes me think of what you just shared mm -hmm. earlier before mm -hmm. we started recording, which mm -hmm. it just resonated huh. deep within me. Okay. That sense that black history is what you're describing. This is black history, the history yes. of the accomplishments and the doings yes. <laughs> of black right. people or African-American right. people. Right. Racism right. is a white history. Yes. It's, you know, as a white person, I say it's our it's history. It's my history. Yes. <laughs> and that shift right. from the narrative I hear awakens something in me. Mm. It feels both, I mean, you know disturbing because sure. of course yes. it's disturbing to recognize I mean to again acknowledge and more deeply internalize whose work is it you know yes but also it's it is empowering in a way mm -hmm. to realize that sharing and, and I guess honoring black history month is about mm -hmm. telling those mm -hmm. stories yes it's about telling those Letting, letting those right. stories fill my home and fill right. my children's imaginations, right. kind of what we were talking about last mm -hmm. episode. And that, as you're saying beautifully, as time goes on, mm -hmm. then it becomes, well, talking about our history mm -hmm. is talking about how these people <laughs> right. couldn't just be, right. you know, an astronaut. In yes. fact, look what all they had to do yes. to just survive. <laughs> right. and beyond, you know, yeah. to fight for their rights, as you say. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for that. I just wanted to share that because mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a mm -hmm. helpful piece. It is. It's helpful to me, too, to understand it that way, to start to um, feel like some of the, um, you know, easy thing. like I joked earlier about, you know, early childhood then discovered multiculturalism and we all learned how to cook from many countries, right? So, you know, I mean, that's a funny thing. And it is funny to look back on, you know, all of these white women cooking curry <laughs> so that these young children could experience culture, right? You know, it's just a very interesting history in early childhood to look at. 
and to embrace the idea of what's really what's really good for young children to hear about and exciting mm. to tell about and discover. Most of the time, what I found in my classes when I was teaching early childhood courses and, and training early childhood educators is that, you know, of course they don't know. Well, how would they? Sure. <laughs> right? oh, so sure. what will be lovely is if all these people mm. are raised, you know, seeing different images knowing who Carter Woodson is, knowing this, knowing that, all of that, um, knowing, recognizing Dr. King's voice when you hear it in the distance. You know, I listen to that every, you know, whatever it is, in January, the 15th of January, whatever date it ends up being. Oh, right. but, but no matter what, you know, if you have a generation of young children, thanks to the parents who are asking these questions and, and really striving around this is that generation can take up other work mm. you know yes. that needs to be done there will always be work to be done and until there's you know i believe until there's reparations we're really and reconciliation hearings and that sort of thing that's my own opinion that's not something you know uh, anything more than that so, you know, not meant to cause for discussion. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right. No, but, but we all have our kind of thoughts about, well, what is it going to take? What's it going to take? Yeah. And if it's in the yes. DNA of our bodies and the genetics of our bodies, we know that, you know, when you work with trauma in individuals and in, in the genetics, you know that that's a generational thing and that, the more it heals, the less it's likely it's it's going to survive, you know, being transmitted. Yes. But that's, you're talking about generations there. So in the meantime, in the meantime, we can be learning more and more about people like Molly Williams and enjoying learning along with our children. Because chances are you're not going to know these people. No, and I certainly didn't. Yeah. Whereas you may mu be much more likely to know about people who were enslaved who rebelled or like Sojourner yes, Truth or something. Exactly. You're much more likely to know civil rights stories now. Sure. But that's not black. That's not the whole story. It's and not. it really shouldn't be. No. It's really, you know, there's such a deeper, richer, more beautiful, bountiful story there. Yes. And every child needs to know it. And of course I will, you know, you know, the black community, absolutely, Black Lives Matter definitely should be saying, you know, we should be in charge of this education. You sure. absolutely are right. You are absolutely right. You should be. And along with that, white families can start saying, and we're going to figure out yes. <laughs> what we can be doing. Yes. Right? So again, another suggestion is always, you know, we can post these things on our page. If you have the ability to donate to a pediatrician's office where young children go, you know, to a, to a children's hospital, to a neighborhood school, to a faith-based 
neighborhood space, the community center, whatever. If you have that ability, you know, just going and purchasing that book about Molly the firefighter is a simple thing you can do and put that in the right, the hands of the people who can most benefit from it because they don't already have it in the space. So anywhere those books are not is the space they can they can most you could use benefit yes. from having them. For because sure. there are children in those spaces who will never see them otherwise. They just won't. That's the truth. So, you know, if people listening can watch out for those, that would be yes. great. And if we can all start thinking beyond um, this idea that black history is the history of racism. Yes. And I like that you've, you know, kind of taken the ball and run with it in terms of even going further and saying, you know, if you look at the history of lynching, for example, that's white people's history. Yes, of course, African Americans were affected by it, clearly. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, that's our, that's what we did. Yeah. That's our story to grapple with. And black families grapple with the other parts of it. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird thing where you're saying it's not, it's not black history, but it, it's all about what happened to black people in this country. Sure. Right, I know it's it, and so it to me, it's a really fine line and and a kind of a careful dance to do, for sure. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, and I would echo just that sense that so much really has to happen for that healing to occur over mm -hmm. generations, and that's what that's where my interest is. And I hear mm -hmm. from other families uh -huh. this longing. To know that, I mean, there's this acknowledgement. Yeah. I know my, well, I'm surely some folks don't know, and I don't know what I don't know, but I hear many folks seeing that they long for that broader, mm -hmm. what's the next step? You know, what, yeah. how do we take it? As right. you said, how do we right. shift the paradigm? Yes. It's not even just about what do I tell my kids? No. It's how do I shift, continue yes. to shift the paradigm? Yes. And I just feel feel so much come up when you share about this that just these what seem to be small steps do mm -hmm. begin to shift the paradigm mm -hmm. because they open spaces mm -hmm. in our children and in mm -hmm. their lives that maybe I didn't have or we didn't have. Right. And again, you know, yeah. Um and allowing them to do the work that you know, maybe we can't even do. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah, they will do right. work I can't really even begin to imagine. I, we don't know what it will look like, yeah. And I keep, I, I grapple a lot with this idea of, you know, you know, when I think about Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, I, whenever I used to teach her story, I would stop at the classroom door before I went in and said, may I have your permission to tell your story? Mm. And I had somebody this week, we were talking online about Paul Robeson, and you know, I said, oh, I used to teach his story. And a woman said to me, no, you didn't. You did not teach his story. You, there's no way you could know the pain he was in. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you're right. 
I didn't. You're right, I didn't teach that story. But I did want the children in the room to know who he was and his name and what he looked like. You know, you're correct though. I did not teach his story. Oh, Michelle. <laughs> and I, so, you know, I think that's really helpful, you know, for me as I continue to constantly question myself, especially with young children where those boxes are being created about how I think about people and spaces that people inhabit, yes. you know? And I think about like, what if you had a first grader or a second grader who read about Molly Williams and find out, you know, they find out, well, she was at one time enslaved, let's say, or Sojourner Truth or someone, or Frederick Douglass. Those people who we know were enslaved who evolved beyond that. Um, that particular state in, of life. And, you know, I think that it's really helpful for young children to just hear us say these were people who for a time were enslaved. Yes. You know, that, that, that the slavery was an interruption of their history. Yes. You know, that, and to say, you know, their ancestors came from this place and this is where the story actually starts and then it got interrupted by this horror show right. <laughs> right. i mean i wouldn't oh, say right. that to a young child but but just to say mm -hmm. that you know so right out of the gate again yes. young children are understanding okay so the box is built this way mm -hmm. not this is all you ever were was a yes. slave but this was part of your experience because some people did something wrong. Yes. But it was not the totality of your family's experience. Mm. And that is, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I really think about that a lot. How do we say that as early childhood folks, as parents of young children? How do we work with that? And I think, you know, part of it is developing the understanding of it ourselves enough to know how to say it. It's very, it's very different. Yeah. It's very new. So anyway, again, everybody knows everything except for me. <laughs> oh gosh. I just know what I need to think about. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I hope, you know, I hope people will chime in about what they think Absolutely. about some of these Black History Month questions that we have, right? Absolutely. You know, and I was even thinking today about making a, a post that explicitly asked that, invited mm -hmm. that, but yeah. um, I'm glad that you said it here. The, mm -hmm. the hope is that what we're exploring resonates yeah. in the sense that it's touching on the questions you have, yeah. the, the pieces that you're longing for some community and connection about yeah. some yeah, so please do. Please, yeah. on anything we share, and maybe I will think about making a specific post before we record next yeah. time. I would love are. to hear what people think. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, at the same time, you know, you're looking at all of that, not acknowledge the incredible valor and courage and tenacity and all of those things that it took. Oh, my gosh. You know, we talk about moving beyond being enslaved, like 
you know, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, God. I don't mean to, I, I'm really trying to do the dance of not demeaning it, but also sure. not thinking that it's all there is. Absolutely. You know, to honor that valor and warrior spirit that yes. is so, my goodness, what a legacy to just embrace and stream on. Oh, right? for sure. Yes. But it can't be the only part of the story. No. And Not, it isn't. And, I, and we, and our, our young white children cannot grow up and think, you know, look how courageous Dr. King was. He wanted to free the slaves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just can't abide that. You know? Absolutely. So, anyway, again, we're wow. just, please join in. To our conversation. <laughs> no, but I yeah. I really appreciate. Thank you, Michelle, for dancing the dance. I mean, really, for two stepping over here All with my me. Life. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, yeah, what else is worth doing <laughs> anymore? Sometimes yeah. I do just yeah. yeah, wonder. I mean, I was thinking back to I haven't really participated in anything like this in some time, but when Oak was um I think my oldest was two. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we went to a Black Lives Matter rally in mm, town. Okay. And he, you know, he, he was like maybe two. So I, he just was there. Yeah. But I remember, what I remember most, because right. I said, what did you think yeah. afterward? Yeah. And he said, because we were chanting. I mean, we yes. were outside. Yes. yes. <laughs> we were all using yes. our outside voices. And he yeah. said, it was, it was so loud. It was so loud. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was, I yeah. just think as you're sharing, Michelle, huh. just the fact that we are talking about this, that like yeah. sound waves are being devoted to this and white folks are talking, hopefully, I mean, please continue to talk, inaugurate a conversation right. with fellow right. folks who you know right. are in motion, like Michelle yeah. was saying to, with that longing to explore the fact that that's happening. It's like, People have been being loud for a really long time <laughs> to try to get through, to be heard. Yeah. And um, to me, it feels um, like the next big question, yeah. how, how am I making a difference? Yeah. You know, and yeah. this is how, by telling the stories yeah. that right. that's one more. <laughs> so I'll leave you with this thought that you've inspired me to say as we say good night to everybody. And that is that, you know, I I somebody who I greatly respect and who writes beautifully about all the things we talk about, Bill Ayers, um, he quotes uh, I can't recall who he who he's quoting, but he says that in these times, um, there's not a real there is some need for militancy um, in the past with protest and, and so forth. And obviously, you know, Bill Ayers was one of the leaders of those movements, but he says that um, that in order to be militant now, what you have to be willing to do is very simple: tell the truth. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I don't think there's a better good night story right there. All right. Good night, everyone. Tell, <laughs> tell the, the truth. The truth. <laughs> Everybody knows everything. Yeah. Signing off. <laughs>